right, let's dig into God's word today. My story for his glory. Did you know that God's writing the story in your life? Did you know that as you read the Bible, that the stories that we read from the Bible, that the people didn't know that their, that their lives were being captured as a story for the Bible? They were just doing their best to live with God in a life of faith. And I love the idea that in the story of God and the lives of the people in the Bible, the Bible doesn't shy away from the dark or difficult moments. That, that anywhere you turn, you could almost just open the Bible up and if you point at a book or a person that God used mightily, you're gonna see that God did not shy away from telling us about the moments of weakness, the moments of sin, the moments of doubt, the moments of fear, that those are all parts of the story that God is writing in their lives and in our lives. That there are good chapters and there are difficult chapters. And my hope is in through this series that you'll be reminded that regardless of what chapter you're currently in, regardless of what chapter you're just coming out of, or regardless of what chapter you sense or discern that God's just now beginning to write in your life, your mind, your heart, your marriage, that you'll understand that God is not done with you. He's still writing your story. Come on, if you're alive, God is not, if you're not dead, God's not done. And I'm just telling you, the enemy has a way of coming into your life and taking a Polaroid snapshot of one painful moment or dark moment or, or bad decision, and he tries to keep you trapped in that moment, that chapter of your story. And I want to encourage you today to turn the page. I want to encourage you today to let God keep writing. I want to encourage you through this series over the next few weeks to do your part, what it looks like for you to take a step of faith towards God and trust that it's going to cause the page to be turned. And God's going to continue to write a beautiful story in your life. There might be some difficult moments. There might be some difficult chapters, but I'm telling you, God is writing a good story in your life if you'll keep your eyes and your heart turned and focused upon him. God's, my story for God's glory. If you look up the word story and you look up the definition, according to Merriam-Webster, it says, a description or account of a connected series of incidents or events. If you look up the word glory, it says this, a very great praise, honor, or distinction bestowed upon someone or something. Great beauty or splendor. And really, that's what we should have as our goal. Say, God, the story that you're writing in my life, in my marriage, in my family, the story that you're writing in my life, I want it to bring you glory. At the end of it all, I know there's gonna be some mountains and some valleys, some ups and downs. There's gonna be some painful moments. There's gonna be some victories. But at the end of it all, Lord, through the good and the bad, I wanna experience what it looks like to remain faithful to you so that through it all, the good and the bad, the good days and the difficult days, you are glorified through the story of my life. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31 says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. In other words, the life that you're living amongst them, that the light of God is shining through you and they see the life you're living. And it says, and that they would glorify your Father in heaven. 1 Peter 4, verse 11 says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? And listen, every one of you has a gift from God. Every one of you has a spiritual gift. Every one of you has a practical gift. Every one of you has a grace that God has bestowed upon you that's unique to the person sitting to your left and your right. It's not better, it's just different, and God needs you. He's saying this, he said, if you got the gift to speak, he said, speak with all your might. Speak as if God is speaking directly through you. You have the gift of helping and serving others. He says, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. He says, don't do it in your own strength. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. He said, there's a grace, there's an energy, there's an anointing that God desires to give to you for everything that he's called you to do. And it says, do it with all the strength and energy God supplies, then everything you do will what? Bring glory 
to God through Jesus Christ. My story for his glory. He's writing a story in your life. And, and the number one goal that we should have for the story of our life is, Lord, at the end of it all, let it somehow, some way bring glory to God. Let it honor and glorify Jesus. All right, that brings us to 1 Samuel 16. The first story that we're gonna jump into in the Bible is the story of David. And my heart, my intention was to get to David and Goliath today. Come on, who doesn't like hearing about David and Goliath? Who doesn't like to hear about giants falling, amen? But I couldn't get there. Uh, the message just was, I kept having to, to just kind of shrink down the message because God was speaking so much about the process that went on behind the scenes to prepare David to step on his battlefield with Goliath. And, and I began to just see that God cares as much about the process as he does the promise. He cares as much about the character that the process is forming in our heart than he does about the calling. Because if you get to the calling without the character, what's intended to be a blessing can actually become a burden. And so we've got to embrace that the process of God has a promise. The process of God has a purpose. And the process of God, I say it often, anywhere that God calls a dream or gives a destiny or, or, or brings a promise, he almost always starts a process because he's doing something in the hidden places of your life. He's forming and he's fashioning you to be prepared to step onto the battlefield where Goliath will fall by faith. So today, the message today is the process towards the promise. And it's gonna be a little bit unique and a little bit different than how I normally preach in that we're gonna read a couple scriptures, one or two scriptures at a time, and then every couple scriptures, I felt like the Lord, as I was studying and preparing and rereading this passage, I felt like the Lord highlighted some little statement, a few words of, of a scripture, and it jumped off the page. And I feel like at every one of those moments, there's an individual or a group of people that God wants to minister to that there's something he wants to remind you of, there's something he wants to reveal to you, or there's something that he wants to heal in you through these moments. So would you open up your heart to receive today? And would you be kind of like spiritually just mining and listening and looking and anticipating for the moment or two or three where God desires to do something in your life? And just trust that maybe if it's not in your life that there's someone next to you or across the room or joining us online that something is being done that, that's, that's cataclysmic, something there's a catalyst, there's, there's something that is shifting or moving or shaping in their life. There's something that they're becoming set free from or healed from so that they can begin to move forward in faith through Christ. So 1 Samuel 16, the story of Samuel coming to anoint David. And here's what we find. The background of the story is that the people of Israel have begged and pleaded with Samuel for a king. They've gotten tired of just having God as their king. And they said, would you give us a king like other nations have? And Samuel warns them. He says, be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you wish for. Because God is a perfect king, but if you get, begin to, to put men on the kingdom, you're going to discover real quickly that there's some pain that goes along with that. And they, but they, they were insistent, and they continued to say, give us a king as other nations have. And so Samuel reluctantly anointed Saul, and there were some good chapters of Saul's tenure as king, and there were some bad chapters. And we're coming out of a difficult chapter of Saul's tenure as king. And so this is where we pick up the story. Saul is stumbling as king. He's he started out strong, but he's begun to drift from God. He's made some bad decisions. He's intentionally disobeyed some of the words of God, and it's displeased God, and it's displeased the prophet. That's where we pick up the story. Verse 1, chapter 16, 1 Samuel. And it says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Since I've rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. Just, just, just mark that statement, to be on your way. 
And he says, I'm sending you to the, to the house of Jesse of Bethlehem, for I have chosen one of his sons to be king. The first thing it says is, he says, how long will you mourn? How, how long will you mourn over the, the real disappointment of, 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 of how Saul's tenure as king has gone? He said, how long will you mourn? And you know, the Bible establishes that there's nothing wrong with mourning. It's okay to mourn. We, we, the Bible says that we can rejoice with those who rejoice, Romans chapter 12, verse 15, and we can even come alongside people who are going through a difficult season, who are maybe in the season of grief or mourning, and we can even come alongside and mourn with them. So there's nothing wrong with mourning. Here's the other thing that we can establish is true, is that you're going to have situations or circumstances that are painful, hurtful, unforeseen, or unexpected in your life. In the story that God is writing in your life, I can just tell you, I appreciate that God's word doesn't minimize this. It, it really owns it, and, and, and I believe the heart of God is to prepare us for the reality that we'll face on this side of eternity. There'll be a day where there's no more sorrow, no more tears, no more sickness, and no more pain. Someone say amen, that's gonna be a good day. But on this side of eternity, God said, his word is very clear, there will be sorrows, there will be trials, there will be tribulations, but what did he say? He said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So, so here's the, the premise. Samuel's dealing with a real, legitimate, tangible disappointment. Something real. I mean, I mean not something that he's just imagined. I mean, there's, there's real problems. There's real disappointment. And listen, in your life, you're going to go through some real challenges, real struggles. You say, Pastor T, come on, keep it positive. I, I'm positive you're going to deal with some struggles. <laughs> and Samuel's going through one of those chapters of his story. And it's okay to mourn, but God comes to Samuel and he said, how long are you gonna mourn about this? And he says, fill your horn with oil, which represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he said, and, 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 and then get on your way. Get up and get going. And so I've established something. You're gonna go through some difficult times and it's okay to mourn. You need to hear me about that. In fact, part of for our jobs as pastors and brothers and sisters and fellow believers in Christ is when you're going through the grief, when you've suffered the loss, when you've gone through the unexpected, unforeseen thing, we're gonna come alongside you and we're gonna hold your hand, we're gonna grieve with you. But there's a time and there's a place where I believe the Spirit of God will come back into your life and he will ask you the very same question, how long are you gonna mourn? And he'll say, I want you to apprehend and receive and open your heart to receive a new anointing, a fresh anointing, a fresh season, a new impartation from me that you can begin to, that will allow you to begin to rise up once again and to begin to move forward. Maybe you really suffered a loss in your marriage. Maybe you really suffered a loss in your family. Maybe you really had the disappointment or the unforeseen or unexpected thing and it was right to grieve for a season. But I believe as I read this chapter that the Holy Spirit was inspiring me to come and to tell some and within the sound of my voice in this room or online that the Lord is now coming to you and he's saying, fill your horn with oil. Allow a new anointing to rest on you. Allow the dry places to become washed once again so that you can begin to rise up again and move out of the place of bondage. Move out of the place of fear. Move out of the place of isolation. Move out of the place of rejection and once again begin to get about your way. Come on, someone ought to say Amen. So here's, here's what I wanna do, and here's how this message is gonna be a little bit different. At every moment that I believe the Holy Spirit highlighted within these scriptures, I wanna give you an opportunity to receive ministry and respond. So if that's you today, in this room and online, you feel like you've, you've, you went through a real challenge. You really suffered loss. You really lost a loved one. You really went through the divorce. You really went through the financial demise or the loss of a business or the loss of a job or whatever it looks like for you. I mean, really, I mean, a real 
struggle, challenge, painful moment, rejection, whatever that looked like, and it was right for a season for you to mourn and grieve. But if you feel like today that's speaking to you, it's quickening your heart, it's challenging you, it's prompting you, there's, there's faith rising in your heart that God is calling you out of that place and, and into a new season. You don't have to do it in your own strength. That's the whole point. He said, let your horn be filled with oil. Let there be a new sense of anointing. Let my presence come and wash you, heal you, cleanse you, and fill you so that you can begin to go not in your own strength. You don't have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I'll carry you, I'll help you, but you're gonna have to get going on your way if you feel like that's you today. That God wants to come and give you a fresh anointings for a new season as you're coming out of a real reason that you might have grieved or mourned. I want to just invite you to stand to your feet and just receive, just stand to your feet if that's you today. And just prepare for the Lord to just, just touch you, receive, to, to fill you. He wants to fill your horn with a new anointing. Maybe you feel like you've been empty. You've been dry, you've been weary, you've been, you've been just running ragged, you, you just had no strength. And today, he wants to come and he wants to fill your horn with oil. Oil represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so, Lord, we just thank you that for these people who have the courage to stand and just receive, God. And, and, and Lord, we thank you that you would do exactly that, what you said you'd do for Samuel, you'll do for them, Lord. That you'll fill them with a new anointing, you'll fill them with a new oil, Lord, for the new future, the new day, the next season, Lord, that you're now calling. You, you saw what they went through, God, and you're so merciful. He's merciful towards his children. The Bible says that a, a, a smoldering wick, a candle that's just barely burning, just the tiniest of flames, it says he will not extinguish it. He says a bruised reed, someone that's suffered a bruise, a wound, something internal in your heart, in your mind, it says that he will not break it. So he, he's seen where you've gone through and he's seen what you've been through and he's held you in his tender hands. But today he's coming and he's saying, now my son, now my daughter, as, I've, as I, you've had a legitimate reason to grieve and to mourn, now I'm coming alongside you and I'm asking you, would you let me fill you once again with my anointing? Would you let me touch you with my presence? Would you let me strengthen you once again because I'm not done with you and, and I've still called you back to be in relationship and I've still called you to have faith for your future and I've still got some things that are ahead of you but you're gonna have to allow me to fill your horn with a new anointing you're gonna have to be willing to begin to step up and step out so just receive it one more moment come on as they stand and receive brothers and sisters in Christ maybe you just want to extend your hand towards someone that's standing next to you and just just take one more moment here to just pray over them and thank God for touching them healing them strengthening them for a new day a new season in Jesus name Jesus name you could be seated thank you Lord It's okay to mourn. God's calling you to a new season. So at the direction of the Lord, Samuel has had his horn filled with oil. God has kind of snapped him out of it, you know, the dismay and the despair about the previous season that he's coming out of, legitimate challenges. But God's saying, hey, Samuel, I'm not done with you. And I'm not done with my people. And just because it didn't go the way that you hoped it would go, and just because some things that you were even concerned that might happen ended up transpiring, it didn't go well, I'm not finished with you. And so at the direction of the Lord, Samuel sets up with the horn filled with fresh oil, and he begins to go on his way towards Bethlehem, towards the house of Jesse. And, and Samuel is an awesome man of God, and he gets to the, to the edge of town, if you read it for yourself, and, and it says that, that the, the elders of the town actually came out and said, this is Samuel, this is a mighty man, what's he doing here? And they said, do you come in peace? And he said, I come in peace. 
And he said, in fact, I come to worship and sacrifice to my God. And he said, and I'm inviting Jesse and all of Jesse's sons to come and to sacrifice and to worship with me. And picking up the story in verse six, it says, when they arrived, speaking of Jesse and his sons, it says, Samuel took one look, say one look, at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not judge by his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord does not see things the way you see things. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Come on, that's a good promise from God's word. But backing up to the first verse that we read, it says that Samuel took one look at the first son and thought, surely this is it. And as I was reading that, I felt like the Lord just sparked something in my heart that there were some people who had taken one look at something or someone or something or some opportunity and they thought, surely that's God's plan for me. And they stepped up and they stepped into it and now you look up and you realize, just like Samuel realized, the first look that I took at something, maybe I should have taken a deeper look. And maybe I should have counseled and consulted with God before I entered into the relationship or started the business or or went to this direction or went to the left or the right. And I'm telling you today that the Lord wants to come to those of you who feel like you might have gotten out ahead of God's timing or, or, or done something in your own flesh, something that you didn't really take the time to do what the Bible encourages us to do in Proverbs 3, which is in all our ways, acknowledge him, to turn our ear towards heaven and say, God, I have a hope, God, I have a dream, God, I even have a desire, but I'm willing to just take a moment and say, God, what's your will? What's your heart? What's your plan? What's your way? And today, maybe there's some people who rushed into something. Maybe there's some people here today, and and there's just the gracious spirit of conviction from the Holy Spirit, just kind of reminding you that you've gotten the cart ahead of the horse, or you're kind of out of the will of God, because the will of God is always just trying to keep you postured in a place where you experience the protection and provision of God. And 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 he's saying, if if that's you today, that if you'll just be honest with God and honest and real with yourself to bring that thing, the thing, again, where you just kind of got out in your flesh or you operated in your own strength or you, you failed to take a moment and really listen to the counsel of God, and so it's just kind of you're going through kind of an unfortunate or painful situation. He said, if you'll present those things before him, he's gracious and merciful. He'll meet you right where you're at, and you don't even have to necessarily discard the person or the business or the decision. He said, I'm a God of restoration, and if you'll come in, if you'll allow me into that moment once again, if you'll go back to the place where you kind of got off track and began to do it your own way, he said, if you'll go back to that place where you looked at one moment and you, and you thought, surely that's the way that I should go, if you'll go back to that place and just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't listen. I went in my own strength or I went my own way. If you'll go back to that place, he's gonna come into that very moment, that relationship, that business, that financial need, whatever it is, and he's gonna begin to move in that very place to bring restoration. So if that's you, and I'm not gonna, we'd be standing and sitting all morning because I got three or four more of these. So I'm not gonna ask you to stand or sit anymore, but if you, if you would, if that's you, just lift your hands before the Lord. And Lord, I thank you that you're, you're so gracious. You're so merciful. You, you look to get us back on track, God. You don't condemn us but you do convict us, God. And and I pray, Lord, that we'd we'd come back to that place and we'd begin to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I tried to do it my own strength and my own way, and now I don't wanna move that way anymore. I wanna hear your heart. I I wanna tune my ear towards heaven, Lord. I wanna get your confirmation, Lord, before I move, before I step. And I thank you, Lord, that you'd begin to to heal and restore those places, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd begin to just speak, bring wisdom, bring grace, God, and, and bring alignment, God, in Jesus' name, to every one of these precious people in every situation that's being presented to you in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. So 
All of Jesse's sons, one by one, have come before the prophet Samuel, Abinadab, Shammah, or a couple that are named, and then it says all seven of them. And the Spirit of God speaks to Samuel, and Samuel says, God hasn't chosen any of them. And then picking up the story, verse 11, it says, Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? And Jesse replied, They're still the youngest, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. David was out in the fields watching the sheep. And you know, many of us that kind of grew up around this story, I think we commonly have this idea that it's somewhat of a Cinderella story. Like David was kind of like being treated like the stepson and he was being hindered or held back or he was being forced to stay out there. And listen, I have a different interpretation, but it's possible that that's true. It's possible that he really was being overlooked and underappreciated and underestimated. And so let, let's say that that is true. There's something that we can receive from that. Because I believe that the enemy is constantly coming to try to keep us from moving forward in faith towards the purposes and the plans and the ministries and the relationships that God has called us to. Because the enemy comes and tries to tell us that we're the same way, that we've been overlooked, underappreciated, or overestimated. That we really have been kind of sidelined by judgments from people or by a failure for people to give us the right opportunities. And I think we can receive encouragement from this because here's what you understand. If that was true about David, what we know is at the end of the story, it never kept David from stepping into the fullness of his God-given destiny and potential. Even if it is true, even if he was being held back, even if he was being overlooked, even if he was being underestimated, even if he was being underappreciated, it's still, he still stepped into the fullness of what God had created and called and anointed him to do. So if that's you, you feel like you're that, you're that person, overlooked, underestimated, underappreciated, and that's a legitimate thing. That can really happen. I wanna pray for you right now. Would you receive? And Father, I thank you that today, Lord, those precious people, Lord, who, who there's a legitimate call upon their life, but they just feel like the, the things have been stacked against them, Lord, and that doors have been closed artificially, Lord, and maybe unfairly, God, towards the things that you've called them to do and be, God. I pray that right now that you'd stir faith in their life, that they would understand that the hand of God is on their life the same way that it was upon David, and there's nothing that could be said or done. There's no opposition that could keep them. If they'll keep their eyes on you, if they'll keep their heart soft towards the people around them, if they'll keep their heart focused on God, if they'll keep serving and keep trusting, there's nothing that anyone or anything can do to keep you from walking into the destiny and the purpose and the plans that God has for you. So receive it today. Just receive that today. If you've been overlooked, underappreciated, underestimated, if that was the case for David, it didn't stop him from stepping into the fullness of his potential promise and destiny. The same will be true for you. And all God's people said, okay, so that's one way that it could have happened. And, it, and I don't know which one of these it is, but there's another interpretation that I have over the years as I've read this. And that's this, that maybe when they came and they said, Samuel's here, the great mighty man of God, and he's invited us and our household to go and to worship and then to dine with him. And there was kind of a buzz in the air. Is it possible that David had such a humble servant's heart, a heart that trusted God? Is it possible that David looked up and he said, well, someone's got to stay and tend the sheep. And they kind of all looked around and thought, who's it going to be? And David said, you know what? You guys go. You know what? You guys go. And I'll stay back and I'll just tend the sheep and you guys go have a great time. 
And is it possible that while the brothers were kind of primping and preparing and presenting themselves and hoping that it would cause for them to receive a promotion from the hand of a man, that David was back on the backside of the, the mountain doing the father's work, tending the sheep and fighting off the bears and the lions, and he was just back there worshiping God and, and tending the, the flock, and that that was what God looked down and it was what qualified him to be the one that would eventually be chosen. Because David understood what Jesus would later tell us that in the, in the world, in the system of the world, people that have power or prominence or position or authority would wield it over people, would utilize it for their own gain. But what did he tell us? He said, it will not be so amongst you. He said, you gotta understand something. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. And is it possible that what got God's attention about David being the one that was the one to be anointed king was he passed the test. When they came and they said, come on, we, we're gonna, who's going to stay back? And he said, I'll go. And it's possible that he realized that the hand of God was the one that would eventually favor him and prepare him and shape him and promote him. That, that he, he wasn't living for the applause or the praise or the promotion of people. He was living for the applause and the praise and the purposes of God. And in our culture, our culture says, do whatever it takes to climb the ladder of success, compromise your integrity, stab someone in the back. But God's word says this, 1 Peter 5, verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due time. Is it possible that the reason that David was the one that was qualified and selected and anointed and appointed to step into kingship was God wanted a servant king? And is it possible today that if we'll just uh, make that decision to say, God, while others are going and compromising their integrity to climb the ladder of success, while others are going and doing whatever it takes to climb the corporate chain or whatever, I'm going to make a decision that I will not compromise my integrity. I won't slander. I won't malign anyone to, to, to better my position in the company or in the, the eyes of the boss. I'm going to just continue to be faithful to serve and trust that you are the one that will eventually, as I humble myself before you, your hand will rest upon my life. And in just the right time, as you prepared me with this process, you'll open the door to my promise and my provision. So if that's you, you want to just say, man, I, I, I need to trust God. I've been worried. I've been kind of fearful. I've been anxious. I've been striving. I've been kind of pressing to, to get the doors of opportunity and promotion to open up, open up before me. And in a new way, in a fresh way, you want to once again just say, God, help me to trust you. Help me to trust you. Help me to humble myself before you and trust you. If that's you, just receive that today. Father, I just pray that you would just strengthen them, grace them to do that very thing, God to break out of the lies of the enemy that say they gotta compromise their integrity or they gotta do this or that, whatever the system of the world says, to find favor or promotion or opportunity, God. And I pray, Lord, that they would just humble themselves, they would trust you, and that they would understand, Lord, that your hand is moving, your hand is resting, your hand is upon their life and their future. In Jesus' name, if you'll receive it, say amen. So, so David... Is, is out on the fields. He's out on the, out on the, the mountain. He's, he's tending the, the, the sheep and the lambs, but they say, send after him. And, 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 and Samuel said, we won't, even, we won't even sit down to eat until they get here. We, we won't sit down to eat until David gets here. And, and, and it spoke to me not to settle, not, not to, to compromise, not to settle for, for less than God's very best. He said, we won't even sit down to eat until David gets here. And I want to, as I read that, I just felt the Holy Spirit of God instruct me to come to you and say, don't settle for anything than God's best. Don't, don't, don't sit down at, the, at a table that's anything less than the one that God wants to prepare for you. Don't settle for any other option. Don't settle for any other relationship. Don't settle in your relationship with God. 
keep moving, keep growing, keep drawing near to him. Trust that there's even more he wants to reveal to you and more that he wants to heal in you and more that he wants to release to you so that you can continually grow as a mighty man of God or woman of God. Don't settle. And Samuel said, are these all that you have? Are these all that you have? After seeing the seven sons, he said, are these all that you have? And as I read that, the Lord just quickened to me that this speaks to someone who feels like you're out of options. This speaks to someone that feels like you've done everything that you know to do, and maybe you have. But here's the reality is that in the natural, according to what Samuel could see, there really were no options. But we know that God still had a person, and God still had a plan. And it couldn't be seen with earthly eyes or natural eyes if you looked around the room with Jesse and the seven sons and all the things that were going on as they were worshiping and dining and fellowshipping together. It looked like they were out of options. He said, are these all you have? But God still had a plan. It was hidden up on a hill. And I'm telling you today that if that's you and your life and you feel like, man, we've done everything that we could do in our marriage. We've done everything that we could do with our children. We've done everything that we could do to to get the debt paid. We've done everything that we could do. I'm telling you that God still has an option, but you're gonna have to apprehend it by faith. Because as as a Christ follower, as a God, as a man of God, a woman of God, you are called, we are called, I am called to live and walk by what? By faith and not by sight. You might not see it, but God has a plan. God has a provision. God has a person. You you are not, if you've got God on your side, you're never out of options. Faith for the impossible is not part of your DNA. And you might not be able to see it. You might not see the healing for the diagnosis. You might not see the provision for the mountain of debt. You might not see the person that God is saving in a hidden place for you that he's going to bring into your life in just the right time. It might be out of sight, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Just keep trusting God. It says, So David came, verse 12, they sent for him and had him brought in, speaking to David. He was glowing with health, had a fine appearance, handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and appointed him and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, somebody say, from that day on. Come on, say it again, from that day on. Say it this way, from this day on. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel went on to be at Ramah. From that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And I read that, and the Lord just quickened in my spirit that there are some people who you're coming out of a season, and it really has been difficult, it really has been challenging, but that today, just like David encountered a new anointing, an encounter with God, a fresh infilling of God, that there's something God wants to do, he desperately desires to do. If you'll make yourself available, if you'll position yourself under the anointing of God, which is present in this place, which is present in your life, he really wants to do something in your life that causes you to have the same testimony that David had, from that day on, I was a different person. From that day on, I was a changed man. From that day on, the depression that I had struggled with for legitimate reasons for many months or years or maybe even decades because God did something in my life, because God poured something in my life, because I opened my hands and opened my heart to be a vessel that could receive the anointing of God, from that day on, I was a new and different and better person. Because of the anointing of God, not because I finally got smart enough or good enough, David was different from that day on because the anointing of God rested upon him. It says the power of God came upon him mightily. Maybe you've been trying to do it in your own strength. Maybe you really did mess up. Maybe you really did miss the mark. Maybe you really did make a mistake. Maybe you really do feel like you missed the boat. I'm telling you, there's something that God wants to do in your heart today that's gonna cause you. It's gonna position you. It's gonna posture you to be able to have the same testimony of David. From that day on, I was a changed person. 
just stand to your feet today. Stand to your feet today. Man, God's, God's doing something in your life. He's writing a story in your life. Don't allow the enemy to put a period where God's intended there to be a comma. Keep writing, keep turning, keep walking, keep loving, keep serving, keep giving, keep going, keep growing in God. He's not done with you. He's not done with you. And to the people I mentioned earlier, bears repeating in this moment of ministry to the people whom the enemy has come and taken a Polaroid snapshot. It's, I think it's coming back. It's a thing now and I, they're, they're doing it again. If he's come and taken a Polaroid snapshot of your life and maybe he caught you in a real moment, it's a real picture. It's, you're really the one in the picture. But the enemy now is trying to say, see, can God really love you? Can God really use you? I'm telling you today that that's not how the, the Lord operates. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And his mercies are new every morning, every day. His mercies are new every morning, every day. And the righteous person falls seven times, but they get up and they keep moving. And so today, if you had a real moment where the, the enemy, I mean, really, it's like this is the chapter that he's trying to keep you tethered to and held back by and hindered to, hindered by. Today, I believe that the Lord wants to come and he wants to, I just saw him. I saw that picture being held and I saw it beginning to just burn until it just vaporized. And, and that, that's no longer how you're gonna see yourself. That's, you're gonna realize that's not how God sees you when he looks at you. He doesn't see your past. He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see, see your shame, your real mistakes or misgivings. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. That's the message of the gospel. And so Lord, today we just thank you for that, Lord. You're writing a story. Come on, would you just begin to ask God, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to me? What are you doing in my life? What are you doing in my heart? What are you inviting me to? What are you convicting me of or challenging me to step out of? What, what painful chapter are you inviting me to close the, the book on or to turn the page on so that you could keep writing my story for your glory? And just listen. Would you listen? Just take a moment to listen. Beyond the words of a preacher now, just listen to your father. Just listen. And, and just receive. He, he loves you so much. I mean, he, as much as I... I'm passionate about seeing you as my brother or sister in Christ step into that next chapter, that next season, the rest of the story that God's writing in your life. I, I, God created you for it. And he's seen the opposition and he's, he's seen the, the mistake. He's seen all that he, and he's, ne he's been there with you even in those moments. But now he's saying, come on, let's keep moving. Let's turn the page. There's a new chapter. There's a new season. There's, there, there's a new invitation to a new day and a fresh start. And would you just receive it? Just take one more moment right there. Whatever he's speaking to you individually, your circumstances, your situations, your future, your, your, your calling, whatever he's speaking to you, just receive it. And would you grab onto it? What's it look like in your heart to grab onto whatever God's doing in your life? Don't let it pass through your hands. And, 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 and let's commit. Let's be doers of whatever God's speaking, not just hearers of it. Would you go and would you put your hands to it? Would you, would, would you make the phone call? Would you get into God's word? Would you get back in his presence? Whatever God's calling you to do to walk it out, just commit yourself to do it today. And just thank him for the grace to do it. He's not asking you to do it in your own strength. A fresh anointing, a horn full of oil for a new day to get moving once again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And lastly, before we worship the Lord one more time together, an opportunity for anyone who's here today or joining us online to make the most important decision, the most important fresh start or new chapter you could ever make is receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and giving your heart to him and make, putting your faith in him and putting your trust in him. And maybe you grew up in the church or once knew God or loved God, but you've drifted from him. You, you, you look up today and you say, man, I once knew God, but I'm far from him today, Pastor T., and if that's you, you're what the Bible clearly describes as a prodigal son or daughter. 
And if that's you today, what God is saying is, I'm inviting you, I'm welcoming you, I'm, I'm longing for you to, to do what that prodigal son did in the Bible, to just take one step towards me. And that father went running out to the border of his property and he welcomed that, that child back into his arms and he threw an incredible party for that person and all of heaven was celebrating. And I'm telling you today, if that's you, that's the invitation you have to just take a step and just watch how your father's gonna take you back into his arms just the way you are. You don't get good to get God. You come to God and he begins to help you kind of begin to bring order back to your life. Or maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. You've never said yes to the free gift, the offer of salvation that we could never earn, never deserve. That's the message of the cross. All the real sin and guilt and shame and condemnation that, that the enemy's trying to saddle us and weigh us down with, Jesus came to remove it from us. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, come on, that's a, that's a good distance. And if that's you today, this is your moment. Here's what we want to ask you to do. Lift your hand right now. Don't delay. Don't wait. Don't wait. Lift your hand high towards heaven. Say, that's me. I need to come back to a relationship with my heavenly father. Or I need to receive forgiveness for the first time in Jesus Christ. In this room and online, I think it's powerfully important. Just take a moment. Take a step. This is a small outward sign of an inward work God's doing in your heart. To just lift your hand. Thank you, Lord, for these precious people coming home to a relationship with their heavenly father saying yes to the forgiveness and the love of a savior, being made whole, being made new, being washed clean through the power of the cross of Jesus. If you lifted your hand, you can lower it today. You can lower it today. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray this prayer with you. We do it every week for two important reasons. Is one, we wanna quickly come alongside these amazing people who are coming home to Christ and just show them, come on, there's a church family. There are brothers and sisters in Christ who wanna come alongside you and encourage you and help you and disciple you and minister to you to help you to begin to run forward in this race that, of faith that God is calling you to. And the second reason we do it is because it just reminds us every week that even as we are growing and maturing in our faith, we never graduate from grace. Everything that God's doing and building and maturing in us is all built on the foundation of unmerited grace. We never could deserve or earn what Jesus has done in our life. So come on, so there were some amazing people come to Christ today. Let's pray, pray this prayer with them. Come on, pray with passion. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a savior. I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that I could never pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. And I give you my life. I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, Come on, say it loudly. I will never be the same. And then put your hands together with all of heaven for the precious people that came home to Christ today. Come on. Man, praise be to God.